welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm happy to have you with me today. Today I have a special guest. Her name is Jennifer Taylor, and Jennifer is the founder and managing consultant of Jet Ed Consulting. And Jet Ed Consulting is an academic consultation and coaching service based in San Francisco. Jet Ed Consulting specializes in advising and supporting students and families affected by learning differences and emotional challenges. Jennifer has extensive experience helping to place students with mental health diagnosis into appropriate therapeutic programs, which vary from acute psychiatric hospitals to wilderness camps and specialized boarding schools. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure, Michelle. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. Yes, I'm so excited about this. I think it's just what I love about talking to other um, professionals who serve inside the autism community is that there is so much need in so many different areas. So I like to share stories first because I think what you do has a lot of importance and value within the autism community, but also I like to spark ideas in other people who are passionate about supporting the autism community. So I'm really excited about having you with me. Mm, I love that. I love that passion. That's really, that's amazing foundation to have your podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. So Jennifer, tell me about what you do. So my practice is about 75% out of home therapeutic residential experiences for students as young as six Mm -hmm. and my oldest clients are college age 23 24 some Mm post-college my sweet spot is 12 to 19 and by that I mean the majority of my clients Uh, most of them have very complicated histories almost all of them have a learning difference and that can range from nonverbal learning difference to dyslexia autism spectrum ADHD, executive function, auditory processing, um, low working memory, low processing in general. Almost every student I have has some type of cognitive difference in the way their brain processes data and that affects their learning. And what happens with my clients is that that learning difference becomes increasingly more acute in the way it presents in the social setting. So while we as, a, as an educating community academically have lots of programs for learning differences, when it comes to that social emotional space, my clients are typically the more sensitive or more acutely challenged cognitively who then wind up needing out of home therapeutic and learning differences support in order to feel better about themselves and come back to a much more, uh, what I would call, not normal, but, um, you know, uh, general education or special education day school. Mm-hmm. So if I called you with um, to help me with one of my children, what would be some of the first steps you would take? So generally, the first step is just for us to have a, a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very relationship-based practitioner. And so I just want to learn more about you. What's going on in your family? What's going on with your child? Mm-hmm. Do you have other kids? How has this affected you? Really just trying to understand from a personal level, what has it been like for you 
to be parenting in this situation. Then the conversation would move more towards, okay, what acutely created the impetus to call me? And we talk through that that story as well. And then if there's a real good fit with my practice, we would move into next steps of uh, a lot of research on my part, talking with therapists, speech therapists, um, counselors. Generally, I talk with psychologists who have maybe done psychoeducational testing, um, behaviorists, if the student has had some ABA, it's always good for me to learn more about what that behavioral component's been like, um, and parents and teachers. And after that process, really work carefully with the family to come up with some ideas based upon level of need mm -hmm. that I think will uh, support the student and the family. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it sounds like you often are placing helping place the child in a school that can help meet those needs that you have discovered through tapping into all of these other autism professionals and mental health professionals and also the parents and what they've shared about their child. Is that, am I on the right page? Absolutely. I think one of the things that I would add is that family systems dynamic mm -hmm. is so key to what I do because um, as uh, as you know, I have a son who's on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that was in my bio. I don't think so. <laughs> and so there's a whole family dynamic around even a child with a special need, even if it's mild and can, can still be served by you know, a, a, day, a day school. Mm -hmm. So what I also try to figure out and support is what type of therapeutic or learning differences school is gonna also support the family. Mm. So much of my work is about family, and if there isn't a family support component to the program, uh, it's usually not something that I uh, consider. So most families also come to me with some amount of family system work, and that's also part of my research is how am I gonna best support the parents? Mm, I really love that you take a family approach. I've always said that although autism is an individual diagnosis, it belongs to the family as a whole. At the end of the day, everyone in the family plays a role and a part in the life of this individual who has been diagnosed with autism. And it's important for us to all support together and also find a way to support each of the family members in turn. Absolutely. So I appreciate that, that point of view that you shared. Yeah, it's, it's a very uh, rewarding uh, profession to serve uh, with families uh, and the combination of various factors from client to client is what makes it so interesting. And as um, many before us have said, you've met one person on the spectrum, you've met one person on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So what is really fascinating is how individual and unique every single one of my clients is, even those who aren't on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. you know, each person is their own self, which is what makes what's make life so interesting. I agree with that. I fully agree. So I know you kind of alluded to this, but what led you to this business? Hmm. Yes, my special teacher in life has been my son, 
and he is now 20 years old. And when he was struggling in middle school, we, you know, realized that there was more going on than just his autism, which he was diagnosed very early. We were very lucky. He was, he was diagnosed PDD NOS. Oh yes. Back in, yes, back in the day before people were very actively screening for autism, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Seems amazing that it was only about 15 or 16 years ago when pediatricians really weren't even that actively looking for it. That's so uh, true. But nonetheless, yeah, it's really been an interesting evolution. He was formally diagnosed in when they about seven years of age, but he had an IEP starting at age three. Mm-hmm. Um, so throughout his life, we were working with special ed departments and middle school got harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And just like a lot of my clients, that identity development, the social emotional challenges, and the fact that middle school is curriculum that is often just, I will say, passed along, the kids are passed along a little bit, got to high school and just melted, and his anxiety and depression really overcame his ability to function. Hmm. And, you know, I could go into detail of what that looked like, uh, but generally he was not gonna get better either in an ability to do schoolwork or actually functions of daily living by staying in our home. Hmm. And I found myself at this parental crossroad of wanting to hold my son as tight as possible and being given advice that the best thing for him and for our family was that he leave our home and go to a therapeutic boarding school. And the hardest decision ever made and the hardest moment in my life was actually dropping him off and Mm. coming to grips with, you know, this was a decision and then feeling overwhelming um, emotions of shame and anger and grief and fear and anxiety. And then of course, you know, depression, um, you know, feeling like you're not a good parent, where did you go wrong? What more could you do? And then also feeling very nervous that what's wrong and can, can he get better? Um, you know, like many of us who have kids on the spectrum, it's almost a lifelong fear of what's next. Yes. And, but that was a very pivotal moment where I had to trust that the professionals with whom I was working could help guide us to a better place as a family. Um, And uh, I am so grateful that we, made the work and did the effort and supported our son and, you know, have made, you know, six years later, a relationship with him that is much different than I think if we had not intervened. And so about two years into that experience, I decided that I wanted to start a practice supporting other families uh, through a journey that was similar to mine, but expand that to more clinically complicated mental health and substance abuse. Mm -hmm. And then I also wanted to support families in the IEP process. And so also started doing more IEP advocacy uh, with my clients and then separately for uh, clients of other residential specialists. Well, I love what you do. And here's something that I was feeling and thinking as you were explaining your 
behind the scenes story and how your business came to be, I feel like what you did is so beautiful because you went through such a painful experience in so many ways and on so many levels. And you, from what I'm hearing, you took that and said, I want to create a business that makes this a better experience for other parents. I want to help them transition through this experience. I want to walk them through it. I want to be their support system. And I think it's such a beautiful thing what you've done. You've taken your trial and this really painful moment in time. And I say moment, it doesn't feel like a moment when you're in it, but, and you've turned it into something beautiful. And I think that that is so commendable. And I love that, um, you've taken, you've taken the time to do that, to help the rest of us who may need you and your services and will want someone who has experience and can say, I understand. And here's what we can do. Yeah, thank you. It's very rewarding work. I can imagine that it would be. So what what have you found challenging about the work that you do? I think the most challenging part for me is when I have a, a, a very clinically depressed client um, mm. and working with parents who are truly in a dark place with what to do. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, that was not my son. Uh, Although I think every parent goes through a grieving process while they uh, work with me. Um, I think it is that parental arena where the anxiety and fear with my parents after this child has been placed becomes more complicated, even though you think, you know, getting to me was the complicated piece. Mm-hmm. It is the experience of the mom and the dad or the mom and the mom or dad and mom, dad and dad. Sure. Who are left at home and their child is getting very caring and very supportive 24 hour care. And you are left on the sidelines. Mm. It can be very scary to not know every day of every minute what's going on when prior to this moment, you as a parent were pretty involved in every moment of your child's life as Mm -hmm. they were declining. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the hardest part is to help parents maintain a calm and anxiety-free experience during this. And honestly, I don't try to be, you know, all roses and and moonbeams about what's going to be going on because I think it's unreasonable and it's not part of the real process. Sure. Uh, And I think that family support piece with parents is what is the hardest for me. Um, because it is where my expertise starts to really kick in with the parent part. Um, That being said, I don't think anything that I do is particularly challenging because I just love the opportunity to help. Mm -hmm. And 
where I get myself in trouble, honestly, is when I don't take a break. <laughs> and I wind up not being too helpful because I have um, not given myself a break to re-energize. Mm-hmm. Um, but even working with the families on a very, very difficult, you know, complicated out-of-body experience where the anxiety level is high and I'm trying to do my best to support the process um, is in and of itself something that I feel, um, you know, again, this is not to be too mushy, but I really feel it's a calling uh, for me at this point in my life to be in, in, in the place that I'm in. That does not sound mushy. That sounds right on the mark. I think that these types of career moves, you have to be passionate about it because there's a lot of emotion involved. And regularly, particularly for you, you are working with parents who are in their most vulnerable states. So you have to feel that passion about it and know that this is your calling in order to stay and to work through that with them and to be on the mark as as often as possible so I think that's smart that you know this is exactly where you're supposed to be so what have you learned from your own experiences as an autism mom that you could share with other parents oh Michelle how long do we have (laughs) it's a loaded question (laughs) it is I'm sure if someone asked you that question you would you would be like and a b c are we gonna be how long are we talking today Uh, so you know I was um in thinking about this question and as you posed it today I think I my answers would change over the years that I've been, you know, so lucky, stressed out, challenged, and um, oh, I don't know, honored to be John's mom, mm-hmm. is uh, to be able to be okay with my grieving process. Mm. That may sound weird. No, um, it doesn't. To some people. And it may sound weird to talk about grief in this process, especially 20 years into it for me. Uh, But I think one of the best things I've learned both through my practice and through my, my own work on how to be a better parent is that bottling up my own personal experience about being the mom of a child on the spectrum is counterproductive to me, and if it's counterproductive to me, it's counterproductive to my entire family and especially to him. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just to let yourself cry and knock it out of bed for days at a time, but the experience of loss, of what you thought life might be like for you, for them, um, the fear, it comes and goes for me. And I would share that it's, it may never go away for good for me. It is just part of who I am. And and I fully understand if there are folks listening to this who tell me to get a grip, you know, chin up, this is the way life goes. Hmm. And I would say, yes, yes. And if there's a moment where I feel a certain amount of grief and loss, I'm going to let myself feel it and I'm not going to feel bad about it. And I'm just going to let the grief move through me. 
understand and acknowledge it. You know, I know more about what it means to me mm-hmm. and process it so that I can go on and be a better human. And all of that means that I'm a better mom. And I think at this point in my life, where John and I have gotten to with lots of work is I can actually express to him now my feelings and he can express his to me and obviously in an age-appropriate way sure I'm just able to share and I'm not feeling so good about how things are going Mm -hmm. Um, and with my more adult friends I say it there are other things that are happening with me that are more parental types of discussions. Mm -hmm. But I would just say to any family who's got any type of challenging family experience that almost every family does, even if they don't show it. But that doesn't mean you are supposed to buck up and say, oh, well, every family has something going on. Uh, If it's a feeling you have, it's valid and it's okay. And you have to just let yourself move through it even if it's a day where you thought really I wish I wasn't a parent today I had a client tell me last week is it okay if I say I just wish that I didn't have to parent ever again and I you know maybe even wish I you know wasn't a parent sure I said of course you're Mm -hmm. allowed to say that because Mm -hmm. it's a feeling you're having and yeah this is hard Mm-hmm. And if you don't say it, you're going to feel shame about feeling it. And we should never feel ashamed for the gravity of the life experience that we are having in our own selves. And so I think, you know, I've, I've talked a, I feel like I've talked long enough about grief, but I think that's a, that is something that I would say not to be Debbie Downer, but it's okay to work through that experience. And I, I wonder if you've ever felt that and, and had the, oh, just get over it. Everything's better. You know, at least, at least you have dot, dot, dot. At least this is going well, mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. You know, that can be true. And I can still be feeling grief and loss. Oh, see, I love that you took the time to share those words of wisdom. I think that's so critical for parents to understand. I think when we push our feelings away, what we're really doing is just holding on to them. We haven't gotten through them. We haven't processed them. So they just still exist and they linger. So I think what you're saying is just right on the mark. I think taking the time to feel those emotions and let them exist and acknowledge that they exist is really a healthy way to move through those emotions. We don't have to live in that state all the time, but it does come and sometimes it comes in waves and sometimes we just have really short moments, but it comes. And I think we just have to acknowledge, hey, I'm feeling like this today or I'm feeling like this right now. And what am I going to do about it? And sometimes for me personally, I say, well, I'm going to allow myself to just think about it and process that information and then I'll move through it tomorrow. (laughs) But I, I, and sometimes it's not that fast and sometimes it's faster, but the whole point is that it's okay to feel what we feel. And I really appreciate that you shared that. I think sometimes we fear our feelings and it's really healthy 
to not. And if it goes to a place where it takes us to um, a darker area, then maybe we can seek help outside of ourselves. So I appreciate that you shared that. So I think many of us feel shame around mm-hmm. feeling bad. Yes. Because, you know, many of us do have lots of wonderful things in our life. And I think, well, that's true. And this is a life experience that's really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm allowed to feel how I feel. Yes, it's not either or. I like that you're using the word and. It's an and. Mm -hmm. Absolutely an and. I love that. So, Jennifer, if parents are looking into um, finding a school or a residential experience for their child diagnosed on the autism spectrum, how can they reach you? So I, I have a, a, a website mm-hmm. uh, that uh, is Jet, like the plane, although it's my initials, mm-hmm. Jennifer Eve Taylor, ededconsulting.com. Mm-hmm. And you'll find a link there to make a complimentary inquiry appointment with me. There's also a lot of information about my practice, my background, and I also have a fantastic collaborative consultant and parent coach, Sarah McKay Lynch, who provides separate services for me if you just want parent coaching. Mm. But she also is supportive of my practice and works alongside me and and her bio is also there. Um, That is the easiest way to find me. My phone number is also there. So you can also call me directly and uh, we can chat. I will probably redirect you to the online calendar to set something up. But that is the, that's the best way to reach me. And I always like chatting with parents, especially just to learn more about what I, my practices and whether I can help them. And I also maintain a large database of referral sources. And if a family calls me and it's just not within my practice to serve them, I will very likely have a number of uh, sources to refer them to for for more support, whether it be testing, for an assessment of autism, uh, therapists. I also have therapeutic um, educators who are are kind of a cross between a tutor and a therapist around the learning difference and um, all sorts of, of, of means for special ed behaviorists. I have a couple awesome behaviorists in the Bay Area um, uh, speech therapists, occupational therapists. And I will also just mention, I have a collaborative group that exists all from colleagues all over the country. And so if by any chance someone listening doesn't live in the Bay Area of California, still reach out to me because I probably have a colleague near you if you need something local. That's so helpful. That is incredibly helpful for parents who are looking for just that right fit for their child and maybe haven't found it yet. So thank you so much for joining us today. This has been such a great experience and I really appreciate the wisdom that you've shared and the resources as well. Thanks, Michelle. I just wanted to say I am so grateful for what you are doing and this podcast I'm sure is meaningful to so many families um, that are able to access it. And uh, it's absolutely been my, humble delight to be on your uh, podcast today. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. 
Now it's time for my segment, This Week in Autism. So I asked a friend of mine if I could share this story, and her name is Anya, and Anya said that I could. So I'm going to share this super cute story that she shared. She said, my dad was watching my kids today while I went to some doctor appointments, and when I came back, he asked if one of the glitches my daughter does is spinning and flapping hands. I started to laugh really hard, and I almost wet my pants. Glitches? I asked, do you mean one of her stems? I couldn't stop laughing. He is trying so hard to understand all the lingo. It is so funny and awesome how proud he was to notice one of her stems. She loves her papa, and so it's nice to see him taking an interest in her. So I just wanted to share that cute story with you for my This Week in Autism segment. Thank you for joining me. 